Welcome to Islamic Life Coach School Podcast. Apply tools that you learn in this podcast and your life will be unrecognizably successful. Now your host, Dr. Kamal Akhtar. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Peace and blessings be upon all of you. First of all, I want to wish everyone a blessed Ramadan. This being the month of great reflection, deep connection with yourself, your loved ones, and especially with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I wanted to start it off with a special topic of core beliefs. If you're listening to this outside of Ramadan, the principles will still apply. Inshallah, you've been listening to my podcast long enough that now you can understand your thinking creates your results. All of the results are provided by Allah, no doubt. Our thinking, which is our mind, is the vehicle of manifestation. Just like if a patient came to me at the hospital with pneumonia, and I was able to manifest a result of a cure by giving him an antibiotic, the result of the cure came from Allah. My training and the antibiotic was the vehicle of delivery. The result always comes from Allah. Our mind is the vehicle of delivery. So in this podcast, we make our best effort to optimize this vehicle so the best desired result can be manifested. It is my sincere effort to help you understand that your thoughts are not dependent on your circumstances. Your thoughts are one vehicle of delivery. More completely, it is your qalb that is the vehicle of delivery. And that is your thought and feeling pair. And this pair creates your results. In the CTFAR model, circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results, one of these items is always at play and is always happening in that order. People are commonly of the belief that our circumstances create our experience of the world when in reality it is our thoughts that create that experience. Many times we might come to intellectually understand this. We might understand that our thoughts generate our feelings, that drive our actions, that ultimately create our results. But still, this might just be an intellectual understanding, putting into practice in another story. And people come to me and ask me, how do I change my thoughts? How do I change my underlying beliefs? And what they're really asking me is no matter how many thoughts they debunk, similar thoughts continue to resurface. This is mainly because the same thoughts are being generated from certain core beliefs. A core belief is a person's most deeply held idea about themselves or the world. These core beliefs act as a lens through which you experience the world. They are also sometimes referred to as the worldview. So think of core beliefs as a trunk of a strong oak tree. The tree itself is giant and majestic, and the trunk divides into multiple branches, from big to small. The trunk of the tree is equivalent to your core belief, and the branches are your fleeting thoughts. To get to work on negative fleeting thoughts, you have to first identify them. So my students also tell me that it is difficult for them to identify what it is that they are thinking. And that's because sometimes even with practicing mindfulness, we are just being present with the moment. We are experiencing with our senses, taste, smell, touch. All of this type of mindfulness is an excellent skill to develop and highly recommended in our religion and is proven to be very beneficial in the most recent neuroscience development. With this mindfulness skill, we learn to be present with our breath, present in the moment, present with our loved ones, but nobody really teaches us how to be present with our mind. So the idea here is to be mindful of your thoughts. Pay attention to what thoughts you're actually thinking and become aware of them. These are the branches of the tree. 
Once you start this process, you'll realize you're not your thoughts. You will learn to separate from your thoughts. You will also learn that you can intentionally switch them around if you wanted to. The key here again is awareness. And awareness not just of the present moment, but awareness of what you're thinking. And this is the process of metacognition. Being able to observe yourself thinking. And then being able to be deliberate about your thoughts. The process of actively monitoring your thoughts and replacing them requires energy. It is an active process. Because by default, we end up forming severely limiting core beliefs. And it is the default pattern that we have to break. We don't have to act on every thought that comes to us. We also don't have to act on every feeling. But for us to come to that understanding, we have to actually first realize what we're thinking and feeling. The state of default life occurs when we are too busy being run around by our minds and that way we forget that we can actually control our minds. What happens is that when you start to direct your mind after gaining awareness is that your work will ultimately lead back to your core beliefs. With the CTFAR model, you debunk each limiting thought and it will lead you back to a core belief, just like a branch ultimately leads back to the trunk. You might want to believe great things. You might want to think in a way that you can create awesome results in your life. You have every intention to polish your vehicle of manifestation, your qalb, your thought and feeling pair. But if you hold limiting core beliefs, they will disrupt your progress. So I'm dedicating today's podcast to the understanding of core beliefs. Just like it takes time to create them, it also takes time to bring them down. And as always, I describe a simple formula to identify thoughts and actions because an absolute transformation comes from simple steps. Simple steps that are repeated. Just like you want to bring down the oak tree, you have to hack away at the trunk with an axe over and over again. It is the same act, but it is repeated many times until the core beliefs dismantled. So now let me tell you what are a few core beliefs that create difficulties in life. Time and time again I've seen in my practice and other coaches' practices that I collaborate with is that most core beliefs have to do with low self-esteem because of something that happened in the childhood. Trying to escape fear is another one of core beliefs, which is the most primal of emotions. It could be fear of abandonment, fear of disrespect, fear of poverty or dependency, and the like. Another core belief that happens with the most frequency and universally is around judgment. This is the biggest hurdle I come across with myself, with my clients, and in the coaching world in general. Judgment about the self is the most deeply ingrained, the most recurrent limiting belief. This judgment then eventually leads to beliefs about worthlessness, imposter syndrome, perfectionism, unlovability, despair, you name it. Usually what happens is when I start this type of work with a client to change this worldview, she will tell me I can't believe certain new things because it's too difficult. And she might also say that it feels like it's fake news. It feels like I'm gaslighting myself, she tells me. And I tell her that all thoughts are fake. I mean, if you're applying the definition of thoughts being sentences in your mind, then no sentence in your mind is more real than any other. Regardless, it is language in your brain. What happens is that one sabotaging belief takes a stronghold in your brain. And it's just well repeated. It is the trunk of the oak tree. If you have problems with body image, and it's something you're struggling with, Then the thoughts that come very easily to you is that I hate my body. These are currently the branches that are growing. 
It will be nearly impossible for you to believe that you love your body or it is the best body. But each of these beliefs is also just a sentence in your mind. Either way, it is fake. So if you're deeply believing hateful thoughts about yourself and you feel like you're gaslighting yourself with positive constructive beliefs, then it's only because of the novelty of the positive thought, not because it is more fake than the other. Any self-deprecating thought is also fake. So why not believe a thought that is actually going to enhance your life? And in the beginning, it will of course seem unbelievable to you, which is why we do this work in the first place. In this type of bridging of thoughts, it will look something like this. You might want to go from, I hate my body, to I have a body, and then make that believable. Afterwards, start working on, I'm glad my body functions well, to I love that I can walk, I love that I can carry things, I love my arms and legs, and eventually to I love my body. These are all called ladder thoughts. We take tiny ladder steps to get all the way to the top of the highest quality thought. You have to climb all the way to a high quality thought, especially if you want to change something about your body. Like you want to lose weight or you want to tone to get into shape. You have to do it from the place of loving your body, not hating it or judging it. Because you will never be able to lose weight from hate and judgment. And even if you do, it will only be temporary. So now we've discovered that core beliefs are because you've repeated limiting thoughts about your body and made them believable. Now you have to practice your freedom to believe the unbelievable. And you have that freedom. Like in the United States, you have the freedom of speech, which is acting out your thoughts. But no matter where in the world you live, you always have the freedom to think whatever you want. It could be the freedom to think that you love your body. Honestly, think about this. You have the freedom to believe whatever you want, no matter how big of a lie it seems. And the only difference between United States and the rest of the world is that in United States, you have the freedom to express your belief to a certain extent. But if you're anywhere else in the world, under any circumstances, you still have the freedom to think whatever you want. This is one of the basic human rights that we are sent to earth with. No dictatorship, no political climate, no education or financial level can take that away from you. I find time and time again that many core beliefs that Muslim women have to deal with these days have to do with the lifetime of programming of inferiority, mostly because of colonialism, either based on their faith, their skin color, or their gender, the great occupation of mind. And even if Muslim women get educated and work to fight this, the learned patterns of behaviors and learned beliefs of inferiority complex continue to show up in the subconscious thought and in the nonverbal language. Inferiority becomes a strong core belief even from childhood. The turning point about all of this is to ask yourself, are you choosing your core beliefs intentionally? Because so far, they've been created by default. Neurobiologically speaking, default is that of the primal, animal, fear, and judgment-based brain. If you have constructed core beliefs around default, then you can hack away all you want at the branches, the limiting thoughts. You can replace one negative thought with the positive one, but you will only see temporary results because your core belief will just produce more branches. The mass of your trunk will still be intact. So one very effective method that I teach my students is the five whys process. 
I believe I read it in Byron Katie's work, but please don't quote me on that. I don't recall where I originally learned this. So I teach this five whys process in a lot of detail in my coaching program. But basically, when you identify a problematic thought, try and investigate. What is the underlying belief behind the thought? And you start that by asking yourself the first why. Why am I thinking this? Then write down the answer to that. Based on what you wrote, ask yourself the why again. Why am I thinking this thought? Why am I thinking this thought? And then write the answer to that. Then ask yourself this why serially and keep writing down the answer to each why. Repeat this process five times. You will see that with some practice, you will start to recognize patterns. The same core beliefs after a few layers of the why will start to emerge. Most of the time with some practice, my students start to come up with a core belief by the why number three or four but you're welcome to extend it beyond five. If you're not coming up with an answer to the why, even after examining problematic thoughts, then chances are you're resisting the evaluation process at some level. And again, the core belief behind any of the resistance is usually judgment, and it's completely natural. You can use this five why process to get started today, and with enough work, enough hacking, you will see that you can change the trajectory of your life. Again, it happens only after you have started identifying the everyday sentences that seem very benign. Become aware of them. Bring them into questioning and scrutiny. Eavesdrop on your mind to see what you're actually thinking. Then bring those thoughts into coaching or use them with self-coaching the way I teach you guys with my freebie on the website. You can find it at islamiclifecoachschool.com slash free. Again, as a reminder, your consciousness is your strongest weapon against your limiting core beliefs. This consciousness allows you to observe your thoughts. And also as a gentle reminder, our core beliefs happen because of a reason. They are not mistakes. The point of this podcast is not to instill more judgment about what we're already judging. I want to remind you that you are the perfectly put together image of whatever you need in life. You have come to this point from all of your experiences in life for a reason. Nothing has gone wrong. These core beliefs can be a strength, can be your turning point. What has brought you here sets you up perfectly for what you need to do next. May Allah SWT give us all the tawfiq, the skill, the determination to use our highest consciousness. The switch from default limiting core beliefs to intentional evolved ones is every human being's basic right. This is not a passive experience. You have to attempt it. You have to fail. You have to be bad at it. You have to have questions. You have to not know how to do it. If you're starting. You have to experience it with your body. You have to push yourself into gaining momentum. Just like the inertia of a movement takes more effort at first. This will also take extra effort in the beginning but eventually it will become easier. Join the Empowered Muslim Women Coaching Program if you haven't already, and I will help you through that inertia. And as always, I literally give everything away on this podcast, but when it comes to personal highest level of transformation, with my time investment, I charge for my program. That is the next level of enjoying life for a modern Muslim woman. And my paid program, alhamdulillah, is like no other. With that, I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for ease in this journey for all of us. 
I pray that He purifies our intentions behind this process. O oh Allah, please grant us lasting transformation during this Ramadan, starting with reformation of the most deeply held limiting beliefs. I ask you, O oh Allah, for a transformational Ramadan when it comes to our spirituality. And I thank Allah for blessing us with the month of Ramadan and all of the potential transformation it can afford us. Please, O oh Allah, allow us to gain ultimate success by dismantling all of our limiting core beliefs and by gaining your pleasure only. Please keep me in your du'as. I will talk to you guys next time. Hey, are you thinking about coaching? I invite you to a complimentary consultation with me where I can help you define the solution to your problem, regardless if you choose to work with me in the Empowered Muslim Women program or not. So you really have nothing to lose. Access the appointment link through the show notes and inshallah I will see you there.